It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Really appreciate you guys making us part of your day. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, Nuggets insider for 104.3 The Fan in Denver. On today's show, we're going to recap that loss to the Portland Trailblazers. No Jokic once again. The Nuggets fall 119-100. P.J. Dozier gets hurt. There was things said at the after the game in the locker room from both Michael Malone and, and Jeff Green, apparently. Um, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to the Bull Bull Teddy Bridgewater moment. We'll get to lots of things in the show, as well as like how to manage and how to recalibrate expectations with the injury situation in Denver. First, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is a new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Our thanks to True Bill for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so Nuggets fall in Portland, 119-100. It was a closer game than it looked, I will say that. Like, this game was within reach in the fourth quarter, and the Nuggets kind of ran out of energy. The real problem was a second quarter, late second quarter run that absolutely just devastated the Nuggets. After that run, they really didn't get back into it. It's what Michael Malone pointed to after uh, the game. He called it selfish basketball probably talking about some of the guys with turnover issues, Monte Morris and Will Barton among them. Um, they had some problems in, in those areas all night, uh, way more turnovers for the nuggets, but like, look, uh, Malone was livid after the game and I get it because I'll, I'll say this. I respect the fact that Malone, and I know this is a shocker. Like I'm a Malone guy, but I do respect the fact that Malone is willing to, you know, on Friday, he credits how hard they played and how well they played versus Chicago shorthanded. And then this one, he tears them up because he didn't think that they played well. It was entirely about how did the group that was on the floor play? He wasn't like, well, you know, it's a tough deal. We're shorthanded. What are you going to do? Like, he's genuinely like, no, you didn't play right. Like, you did not play the right way. And part of that is because I think he knows that if you are this team and you have this level of talent, if you share the ball, if you make the Blazers move, if you play the right way, you can still win this game. It is the NBA, and teams that are shorthanded win all the time. Just ask the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I will note that loss has been kind of exaggerated. I do want to bring people back on this. I get the Sixers didn't have NB. I do. I get it. The Sixers are still eighth in adjusted net rating, and they're very good. This is a 10-8 and team. The Sixers are still a really good team in part because they built a lot of very, very, very deep talent. Like that team had more talent on the floor than the Nuggets did in their game in part because of the injuries, but not, I'm sorry, not more talent because Jokic played. Um, They had a decent amount relative to the Nuggets based off of the injuries that the Nuggets had. And also just the fact that like they have deep guys on their bench. They developed Tyrese Maxey. The Nuggets have developed a lot of guys just because they haven't developed enough 
to have gotten that one, it doesn't mean that the game was as catastrophic as people act. It was a bad loss. The Sixers one was. It wasn't as bad as people have made it out to. The Bulls loss was was good. That's a good loss. If you think there are no good losses, there's only losers. And all right, there's 82 games in the freaking season. Okay, there's 82 friggin' games. You're going to have good losses, bad losses, good wins, and bad wins. The Nuggets have had bad wins. Uh, that was a good win versus Chicago. I don't think this one was as much of a bad loss as Malone made it out to be. I think he's frustrated because it's been five in a row. But like, look, like you had a night where Will Barton shot four of 10 from the field for 11 points. You're not winning this game if Nikola Jokic doesn't play and Will Barton goes four of 10 for 11 points. Monte Morris um, was seven of 11, but I thought his defense was lacking and had the turnover problems. Uh, Jeff Green was your leading scorer with 24 points on nine of 16. Like Aaron Gordon honestly didn't get enough looks with just 11 points on five of nine. He was good when he shot, but didn't get enough looks. They couldn't get stops because they don't have any rim protection and they don't have guys that can stop because they don't have any athleticism and they can't get buckets on the other end, which will help them set up. And the Blazers had a good night shooting. Like McCollum went for 32 on 13 of 19. Dame had 25 on nine of 13. That's if you told me that the Nuggets fully healthy played Portland and those two had that as kind of night, I'd probably be like, yeah, the Nuggets probably lost that game. Right. Like let alone as shorthanded as they were. So I get why Malone was frustrated. I don't necessarily agree that this loss was that bad. I think that you have to recalibrate expectations. I don't think you should expect the Nuggets to beat anybody without Nikola Jokic. I just don't. And you could say like, well, then that's a failure in team building. All right, let me put it this way. I don't expect them to build to beat anybody without Nikola Jokic and without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. If the other two are in and Jokic is out, okay, you probably need to be able to beat certain teams. Maybe not Portland on the road, but certain teams. Um, if Jamal's out and MPJ plays, then I look at this and I go like, okay, you probably shouldn't lose by double digits, right? Even then, I don't know that MPJ is ready to take that step even when he is healthy. So I have a hard time calibrating like what you're supposed to expect from this team. Like, how are you supposed to expect anything? They're missing Jamal Murray, 35 million. Nikola Jokic, 35 million. MPJ, his extension doesn't kick in until next year, but he's $200 million. That's out. And they lost PJ Dozier. Dozier landed awkwardly. If you didn't see it, um, don't look at it. It's an awful injury. He was questionable to return. I think that was mostly just like a, you know, put him out there and put like put out questionable so they don't ask. They try and get us the update as soon as possible so we're not bugging him. He was never going to come back. Um, Hopefully it's hyperextension or sprain. Hopefully it's not as bad as it looked. It looked bad. Like it looked, it looked really bad. The Nuggets now have no small forwards on roster. If you consider Aaron Gordon a four, they have none. They don't have any. There's not anybody. They don't have any small forwards. That's it. They're out. I don't know what you do there. I don't know if you sign somebody. They're going to have to. They're going to have to figure out a way. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. It's a disaster. Um, We'll talk in the fourth in the third segment. We're going to talk a little bit about worst case scenarios. So, like, I tried to be like the voice of optimism and like bring everybody up on after like the last one and how bad everything was. I will probably go down the other route later tonight. We'll do that um, later on the second segment. I want to get to some of the guys and single out some of the questions that people have about the rotation and things like that. We'll go over that when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first, I want to tell you about. True bill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money 
Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link to your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. This service is amazing. You're going to be able to save so much money. Like I've like I've started looking at Truebill and there's a lot of things that in the in the uh, that you can really find that are going to be able to save you significant money. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million dollars. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com/lockedonnba. Right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Oh yes, it is that wonderful, wonderful time in which I get to talk about Bill Bar. Thanksgiving is in just one day as you're hearing this. One day and it's Thanksgiving. All the great food and family and fun. Hopefully everyone's vaccinated and you're going to need some snacks around the house and you may not want to just have desserts. That's why Built Bar is perfect for you. It's delicious and you get to feel good about it. Instead of a slice of pie, it's got 300 calories. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar, whichever one that you want. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. New surprises all month, including limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. Go check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. Matt Moore recapping the Blazers game with you. Adam and I'll be back tomorrow for a joint episode breaking down where the season is at. Um, all right, I want to talk about a couple of things here in the rotation because, you know, it's getting tight. Um, let's talk about first and foremost. Bull Bull. Okay. Adam and I have been on this. We've been asking you not to ask us about Bull Bull and why he doesn't he play. Blah, blah, blah. Where's Bull? And I still am seeing this nonsense. I'm still seeing it. Why isn't Bull Bull playing? Well, tonight you got your answer. Okay. Greg Brown steals the ball from him, punks him, takes his lunch money, takes off down the court. Bull is chasing and he lets up. He makes himself a business decision just like, oh, yes, Teddy Bridgewater. Just lets up. Bull Bull is seven foot 11,000. Like, if he is running full speed and he doesn't get there, nobody's going to be mad. Like, all right, you couldn't get there in time. You make the effort. You try and get the chase down block. You do what you can. He not only lets up, he like backs away so that he's not in the poster as Greg Brown goes between the legs for an East Bay funk dunk. That's embarrassing. Okay. If you're a superstar that has played 35 minutes and you're exhausted and you know you can't catch, you take off that play because of what you've given the team all the rest of the minutes. Everybody's going to be like, oh, come on, man. You got to give more than that. But it's understandable. You've given a lot. You, you give them a lot possession by possession. Well, Bull doesn't play. 
And when he gets his opportunity, this is how he plays. Stop asking me about Bol Bol, guys. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? You, there are certain basics that go beyond, can you hit a crossover dribble pull-up three? There are certain things that go beyond, can you block a jump shot because you happen to be that tall? Like, basic effort. That's below, before we get to all the things about, the Nuggets are trying to build a rotation that is for the playoffs. What possible situation is Bol Bol going to be able to give you the requisite effort to be able to give you meaningful minutes to help decide a stint in the playoffs, even for five minutes? What universe is that going to happen? And I get, well, you should trade them then. They've tried. I don't know how many times I got to say this. They've tried, guys. They've tried. Y'all, not not guys, y'all. They've tried. The offers aren't there. Nobody wants them. Because they see stuff like this. It's known. Let's talk about Zeke Naji. So Zeke tonight goes out and he gets significant minutes. I'm a little confused by the Zeke like discussion. Okay, so Zeke goes three of six from the field, two of four from three, only a minus three, had seven rebounds. That's very big. It is a very big deal that Zeke Naji uh, is hitting threes. That is a absolutely crucial deal. So the conversation at this point is about like there's like this discussion. I'm seeing this in like the DMVR post game show and in the comments about like Malone won't play Zeke. He is like I, I don't know what else to tell you guys. Like he was in the rotation before he got hurt. Zeke didn't play the last two games because he was hurt. He wasn't a DNPCD. He had an ankle injury. He was out. So Zeke's cleared to play. He comes back in this game and he plays 15 minutes. Jermichael Green only played 26. So long-term veteran that everyone hates, Jermichael Green, because he's having a bad month, right? He plays 20, 26 minutes. Bobo, or Zeke Naji only plays nine minutes less. That's it. Nine minutes less. Like, Zeke's going to play more, I would probably say, going like as this goes on, because they're probably going to have to play Jeff Green at three more. So they're going to have to play Jamichael Green at four more with Dozier out. And that means that Zeke Naji plays more at five. Like, that's realistic. I think Zeke probably plays more just out of necessity. Um, there's this idea that, like, Zeke, quote unquote, deserves more minutes than Jamichael. I mean, okay. I, I, you guys can go down this road if you want to. Um, to me, you make that decision if you are a rebuilding team. If it's like, oh, we're just kind of trying to see what we got for the season and we want to make sure that we understand where Zeke's at. Um, Zeke makes a lot of, of – Zeke's off on a lot of rotations still. Um, playing center in the NBA is still a real challenge for him, in part, I think, because he played too much three last year. I'm not kidding. I, I do think that playing Zeke – Zeke had to play last year because they had – they lacked depth on the wing and he was too small. So he played at basically small forward. But the result of that is that Zeke didn't spend a season making defensive rotations as the five. So now Zeke gets caught on rotations. Like, and you could say like, well, Jamichael, this, that, and the other. Okay, fine. All right. I don't agree. I think in general, I think in general, Jamichael's defense has been fine. Um, I think on switches, he's compromised. Maybe that's like the key here. Maybe that's like a compromise that we can agree on here in Nuggets Nation is if you're switching everything, Zeke Naji should play because Jermichael Green struggles in those situations. If you're playing drop defense, a zone, or at the level, Jermichael Green should play because he has more experience, right? It's not an either or. They could both play, just shift the minutes. I, I, do I think Zeke should play more? Sure, I think 20 minutes is fine. You know, I think he should be the backup center. I've said this, like, I, I think you need a rim runner. I absolutely think you need a rim runner. And if Zeke can be that, great, let's do it. Sign, sign me up, because that's what the bench unit needs. 
um, way more than pick and roll action with a, a, a stretch five. Like the Nuggets do not have the personnel to run the stretch, the switch all stretch five out bench unit that they had conceptualized. The personnel just isn't what they thought it was. So I'm okay with that. Um, but I do think that some of this is overstated. Look, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep riding Jamichael. Like, just be prepared. I'm going to be on him the same way that I rode with Paul Millsap. I trust veterans that have been there in the playoffs. I trust guys that have good reputations. I trust guys that Nikola Jokic says, I want to play the rest of my career next to this guy. Like, sorry, I, I tend to value those things more than, you know, what's your shooting percentage in November? I get it. It's frustrating. I know fans hate it when guys miss open shots. Um, and this isn't like a Nuggets thing. This is literally, and uh, okay, let me let me back up. Let me back up. Because what I just said is one of those things that people like hate when I say this and the way I sound. I get comments on Reddit and then comments about it. Okay. I genuinely understand that watching a guy miss open threes is probably the most frustrating part as a fan. Um, I talked to Kirk Henderson, who runs Mavs Moneyball a lot. He and I are friends. And a lot of his decisions are basically based off of like he evaluates players, whether or not they make shots on the awesome Luca passes that he gives them. Right. Uh, I talked to, I've talked to, I remember back um, with the Orlando magic, there were times when guys, like teams fans would want certain guys to play just because they would see them hit three pointers, seeing guys miss open threes. Like it just kills you inside. And so Jamichael's killing the fans this year. Like he's just killing them. It's been rough. I just simply have a lot of confidence that like Jamichael is going to be the player that he's been over the course of his career. I just don't necessarily, I've seen a lot of guys go through dips. I don't think he's done. And I think that you risk a lot in removing a guy entirely. If you're just like, he's a bum, don't play him. When he's given you what he has last year, helped you win a playoff series and has like helped the Clippers win playoff series, helped them, the Grizzlies in playoff runs. Like, Jamal Green has had a, an NBA career and Zeke Nagy still a long ways from being where he's going to need to be, to be like a guy at a high level. I think he needs to play, but I do think that there's room for more than just like Zeke Nagy should play and Jamal Green should not. That's, that's where I get to. Um, whew, uh, I have nothing negative to say about uh, Facunda Campazzo. He was two of four from three tonight. He's continuing to shoot really well. Harrison noted that he's one of the better shooters on the team. If Faku Campazzo continues to hit three pointers, then Faku Campazzo deserves to stay in the rotation. He was minus seven tonight. He wasn't the problem. Like Campazzo was fine. Uh, I have no issue with with Faku Campazzo. Uh, I actually really liked what Austin Rivers brought to the team tonight. He played twenty one minutes. It was only a minus one in a game where they every player was a negative. He was the closest thing to a positive. Three of six, two of five from three. Competed, played hard. Um, the literal difference in the minus one and a plus number for Austin. Uh, yeah, it was that Greg Brown dunk that Bull Bull gave up. So you know. There's that. Uh, Will Barton, like I thought, I thought Will was pretty gassed tonight. He had eight boards, seven assists tonight. I think this is one of the problems with with where Will's at. Um, they're just asking so much of him night to night. I don't know that Will Barton has the energy to give them night to night to night to night to night what they need right now. Uh, so we'll see. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I'm going to talk about Joker and what I expect for like his injury situation. We'll talk about you know, the impacts of PJ Dozier and we're going to get into the worst case scenarios. It's time to start looking at, I, I want to at least go over what are the scenarios if things go completely off the rails, because I always believe it's better to be realistic about those than not. So we'll do that when we come back on locked on nuggets. But first I do want to tell you about bet online. It's Thanksgiving. 
We all know what that means. Football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered for all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving is Bet Online. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today using promo code Locked On, and you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus. That's a fifty percent welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. Not just football; they've got pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing. And UFC. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back around Locked On Nuggets, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for making Locked On Nuggets your first listen each and every day. We're free, and we're available on all platforms. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, let's wrap this thing up with uh, the darkest timeline. Okay, so Joker went through shoot-around tonight and went through like most of shoot-around. That's what, what they said. Malone said he went through most of shoot-around. And then he was ruled out. Okay. So that would suggest probably that with another three days, he can play versus the Bucks. The Heat game Sunday. So the question is, if you keep him out versus the Milwaukee game, you can keep him out versus the Heat game and avoid all the hullabaloo. And maybe his brothers don't come and maybe it's fine. Right? And maybe it's okay. I'm not saying that they should do that. Because most people would say that's cowardly. And I get that. I just don't know what the upside really is for risking what they're risking here. I would say the most likely scenario is he plays Friday versus the Bucks. I would probably get a surprise win on Friday versus the Bucks. They played the Milwaukee very well through the years. Um, and then they probably get, I, I will just tell you right now, I'm expecting them to get housed in Miami. That team will get up for that game more than they will any other game this season. Miami will be more up for that game than any other game this season. Uh, every time that they've gotten up for a game, like when their season opener versus Milwaukee, they absolutely just go supernova. This is a very, mm, not try hard. They're very talented. The Heat definitely have nights where they don't care, like versus Detroit for three quarters and then turn it on and won the game. And then they have games where they just try and obliterate and humiliate you. They will absolutely try and obliterate and humiliate the Nuggets on Sunday. So got a lot of concerns about how that's going to go. But the most likely scenario is Jokic comes back. I'll say this. Um, as bad as it looks right now, with Jokic, they're still over 500, right? Like, they're a 500 team right now, have lost the last three without Jokic. He plays in those games. They probably win one to two of them, and they're still probably above 500. Like, that's as simple as it is. Jokic really is able to lift this team. Aaron Gordon's playing really well. Use glass tonight. Thanks for everybody noticing. Aaron Gordon needs to use glass. Let's start a hashtag. Hashtag AG needs glass. Um, please don't do that. Well. No, yeah, you can do that. Hashtag AG needs glass. I think this team still has enough to get through. They're gonna, they're gonna, it's gonna be rough. Okay. 
But let's look at the like the worst case scenarios. Uh, Dozier's now out. That's a rotation player. Dozier didn't play great this season. He was a big part of the bench issues. So as much as like uh, Adam and I are both very high on PJ coming in, we thought that PJ was going to be like a breakout player. Has not been. He's shown good things, but he has been far, far, far away from a breakout player, right? It does mean probably more Facundo Campazzo. I don't know what they're going to do about small forward. I really don't. Like, I have no idea. Like, they're going to have to just play four guards again, which everybody hates. I know that they hate that. They don't really have any option. Like, here's who's available. Like, tonight, you know, let's throw Jokic in there. Jokic, Gordon, Green, Green, Barton, Morris, Rivers, uh, Campazzo, Zeke. And that's basically the rotation. Uh, you can play Vlatko. You know, you play Vlatko and play AG at three. Yikes. Maybe if they get more from Jeff Green, it'll be better. Like, Jeff Green really did step up tonight. Like, he deserves credit because he's been such an um, absolute dumpster fire this season. Like, the Nuggets media has just been like, oh, my God, Jeff Green is the worst. But, you know, when Jeff was needed, he stepped up tonight and played really well. It didn't matter. But, you know, that's what you want to see, right? Like, Jeff still got the ability to, to give them something positive. I still think they're going to be okay. I'll say this. I still think they're going to be okay. Uh, if you're asking me, like, are they going to win the NBA title like I predicted? I think that, that they still will have enough come April to have a chance. I don't think I can feel confident without MPJ that they're, like, their margin of error is lower. We're still on another MPJ. We'll see what they say, right? We'll see what the what work comes back and and where that comes down, and we'll deal with it when it happens. Let's say the worst-case scenario, though, is that they get to... Like, let's say that Jamal comes back a little bit late and they're right around 500. Let's say they're two games under 500. The things are struggling and they just can't stay healthy, yada, yada, yada. Um, the question then is, like, do you go for it or do you just kind of hang out? What do you do there? The other thing I would say is, I, like, I'll be real with you. In those situations, there's usually a change. Uh, 2016 Rockets, right? So 2015, the, Rock, the Rockets go to the Western Conference Finals versus the Warriors um, in their, the Warriors' first title run. They could have won both of the games in Golden State in that series. If you go back and you watch them, watch late in that game, and you go like, wow, that was right there for Houston. But they didn't. They missed opportunity. And in Game 3 back in Houston, the Warriors just annihilated them. Like, it was an absolute beatdown. And it ended the series right there. Right. Uh, Houston got one game and that was it. So, okay. Uh, the next season, they start off and they start off slow and they're struggling and they're sluggish. And then Kevin McHale gets fired almost like 10 games in. Like they just look awful. And they continue to look awful the entire year in 2016. Like they looked horrible in 2016. They made the, I believe they were the eighth seed. Yeah, they were the eighth seed because they placed the, the 16, uh, the 73 win warriors and they get beat by the warriors. They put up a fight, but they lose the warriors. And the next season they hire Mike D'Antoni. They come back and they make the second round. They should have beaten the Spurs. And the next year they get Chris Paul and they win, or they go to the Western conference finals. Chris Paul gets hurt, etc. My point here, my point here is uh, if they have a year from hell, there's usually cost. Like something winds up happening. Oftentimes it is the coach. Um, you're never going to hear me say that Michael Malone needs to go, at least not now. Like I'm a firm believer that he's still got the locker room, that they've won a lot, that he's done so much. But 
I'm just being realistic about how this goes. And it's one of the reasons why Malone's going to be stressed out this season. Like he's not able to, you know, we're hurt. I'll be okay. Because that's not how he's judged. That team is expected to perform and execute in regardless of who's on the court or not. So would not envy Michael Malone. Um, the worst case scenario is that they're a first round flame out because they're too injured. Uh, MPJ's hurt and out for like a year. They're still probably pretty good full strength with Murray, Gordon, Barton, Jokic next year. They reconfigure the bench. They come back. They could probably still make a run. You don't need MPJ to win the title. I'll make this very clear. Like, I think MPJ is important for their ceiling. He, he helps with like margins for error and he helps with like reaching a high enough ceiling that you can beat anybody and like all these things, right? I'm not saying that, that MPJ doesn't, is like irrelevant. What I'm saying is that much like Andrew Bynum was out for, for a vast majority of the Lakers 2009 through 2011 run, the Lakers were still very, very dominant, right? And that stretch won two titles. So like, that's part of the equation. I think the other equation is just like, again, um, they have enough because they have the MVP and they have Jamal Murray and they have Aaron Gordon who's playing really well and getting better. And Will Barton's been great. They have enough. They have enough to compete. I don't know if they'll have enough at the end of this year. The physical and mental toll of what's going to be going on over the next month of the season is going to be rough. Like, it's just going to be really rough. So, but all you can do is keep trudging along. And last year we thought things were bleak and then obviously they turned around and then they turned around again and then they turned around again and then they turned around again. But then they beat the Blazers. But then they got swept by the Suns. That's how it goes. We'll have it all for you here on Locked on Nuggets. Hit me with your questions. Hit me with your comments. Thanks for joining. Appreciate everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. No show on Thursday. Hope you guys have a great, great holiday week. Take care of yourselves. Hug your loved ones. And we'll see you guys again next time on Locked on Nuggets. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.